his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Incidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. I love to come back to Senator John Kennedy in an open like that, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon. Hey, I'm back after uh, an extended period off. Some of it was unplanned, candidly. I was supposed to be back on Tuesday. I had some things that came up in the family that I had to deal with, so I appreciate the patience. Although I heard that there were all kinds of technical difficulties, so maybe... Just maybe it was better that I wasn't here. Is that true, maybe, Sue? We talked about it. We said, (laughs) how far would Mark's head blow off today? uh, But it's okay. It all worked out. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad to hear that, and I appreciate it. I know Mike Elam filled in a little bit, and... um, Joe Beamer. Joe Beamer. Joe Beamer. I almost called him Joe Potts because we have Joe Potts over at KMOX. But I, I apologize for the last couple of days, but I'm glad to be back. What a beautiful day, too. I got Gorgeous. out today and walked the dogs just a little bit. I do want to um, just, you know, I was in Vegas last week to see, mainly to see you two at Sphere. And I want to comment on that just briefly because yes. a lot of people have asked me, and I kind of held my opinions back from from you two. And I'll uh, <laughs> get it. Get it? I got oh, it. Okay. See what yeah, I did there? Yeah. That was an accident. That's creative. But to, I want to kind of mention it this way before I give some opinions. Tim Summer, who is our friend who was there at the uh, infancy days of MTV, and, and he was at Rolling Stone, and he writes for the Rock and Roll Globe, he wrote this great story uh, that I read last week before I saw the show at Sphere about how he spent some time when he was just 19 years old with Bono and The Edge when they were just 18 and 19 years old. It's and wild. It's a crazy wow. story, like in a hotel room where they played him music and of course, you know, Tim never, nobody knew exactly that those guys would be as big as they are. But it was interesting because there's been a lot of hype on on this show at Sphere. And I think at this point, do, do most people know what it is? It's this big circular thing that cost, I don't know, almost, uh, I think. It was know, billion, two, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was 2.8. It's almost 3 billion. I checked. Maybe it was. It's more than the oh, no, stadium costs. How you know, Allegiant Stadium didn't cost as much as Sphere. And I've seen it on many trips to Las Vegas being built behind, um, essentially behind the Venetian. $2.3 billion. Yeah, $2.3 billion. And by the way, the revenue streams from this thing don't make sense. So it, it finally opens, and then for the first couple of months, what you see is you know, they put a smiley face up there. If you play the uh, the golf course at the wind, you can be on one of the fairways staring down, and you see the sphere with the smiley face staring at you. They light it up in all kinds of different ways. And from where I stay, I don't always stay on the strip. I stay out in Henderson with my friend. It looks like it's just a big bowling ball in the middle of the strip. You know, it's flat out there, so you can see if you're up you know, just a little bit bit in elevation you can see the strip they turn it into all an around. eyeball when, right when, yeah, yes. when well, i was there i saw it as an eyeball watching the planes fly overhead yeah would follow the planes this. come come over so the uh the residency you know has been going on for a little while and the reviews came out and we 
my friend Rick Niner and I, who uh, grew up here in St. Louis, we thought, you know, I had already planned on going out there uh, for the weekend, this weekend, this past weekend, because I wanted to sneak in. I have a great um, PGA professional at the Butch Harmon Golf School, John Horschman, who is fantastic, and I've taken lessons from him for the last couple of years, and he really, he helps me in ways, and I have some instructors here, but John's outstanding and he you know just to give you a little example you won't be able to relate to this soon maybe not even fred but for those of you who play golf out there you know when you have a golf lesson they tell you how bad you are and then they kind of take video and they show you what you're doing wrong and i'm in the bay with john horseman this guy from the butch Harmon school butch Harmon, of course was tiger's caddy he became very famous so yeah so he's showing me well he's like well let me show you a swing and then he's showing me like rory mcelroy's swing or something but he's not only showing me rory's swing he's showing me rory's swing when he was working with john in the same bay because these guys work with PGA professionals Good and grief. LPGA. So that was one of the reasons I go out there. But I noticed that there were shows for you too. So we, we nabbed some tickets for the Friday night show, really having no idea exactly what to expect, hearing a lot of the hype. And I've seen a ton of shows on the Strip at these beautiful theaters. Resorts World, Katy Perry, Sting at Caesars, um, Maroon 5 at Park MGM. You know, I've, I've seen shows at uh, T-Mobile. Uh, all, all these theaters are really state-of-the-art and amazing, but Sphere is in a different category. So what I would say, and I'm the outlier. I'm just going to tell you that I'm the outlier right now. As an experience, it was pretty mind-blowing, visually. It looked awesome. Yeah. You sent me a little clip. Right. Or- but as a, as a here's the thing, though. As a rock concert... It's not that great. It wasn't that great. Is like, it the sound I, weird? Yeah, were you too far away? What's the so deal? You're, you're in a theater that has, I think, almost 20,000 people, and even though you see it as a big globe, you're really only in about half of the sphere because the rest of it, there's a huge concourse area where they have, you can even have parties in there. They have the drinks oh, and the, sure. you know, all, all the, the drink stands and merchandise and all that stuff. So it's not like you're in that big bowling ball and it's the entire venue because part of it is, you know, everything outside of it. But for me... It was overwhelming visually because there's so much being thrown at you. And I'm not going to tell you that there weren't things that were just, you know, mind-blowing. There was a part in the show where Bono basically says something about how let's make the sphere disappear. And the image on the giant screens, because when you, this is hard to describe, but when you walk into the place, it looks very industrial. The whole area behind the stage just looks like it's um, a brick wall or something, like concrete, right? But then the visuals are able to be imaged, if you will, on those screens. So when he says, let's make the sphere go away, you get the image on the outside looking... Oh, wait, so you so can suddenly looks like see you can outside see of all Vegas. Of Vegas. Oh, that's right. really cool. So it, it, it looks like they awesome. dropped the walls of the sphere. You see the picture, the parking lot outside. I mean, wow. I'm pretty sure it was a video, not a live image. But then they kind of do this amazing thing where, in reverse, they show you the strip and what it became. So they they start the buildings start to come down and then you're left with just the desert and there's a theme that goes along with with some of the songs from you too i don't even know if i did that justice but that's an amazing visual there are times where you would look i'd have to look at the audience and it just looked like we were in an open air stadium Whoa. because of the way that the the visuals work so all of that was really cool but you two's on this stage that's square there's nothing on the stage except for the drum kit in the corner bottles walking out there he's what 80 years old and he's not that old he's like 63 but it just for me it didn't provide the rock show experience that mm. I wanted. And I texted Tim Summer <laughs> afterwards and I said, dude, I said, I think you would have walked out of this show because it's just, it's almost like the opposite of what rock and roll really used to be and what what it, you know, should be. I have a question. Yeah. Could they not put up like big show stuff? Uh, in other words, they couldn't do, not that U2 does fire 
and technic stuff or interest. You're saying the stage wasn't that interesting. It was just a stationary stage. Yes. On an interesting venue. I, it's, or even I, I'm not doing it justice because it was two experiences for me. And I think what happens is that the visuals take over from the music. And, and that's what's, oh. maybe that's what Sphere is all about. Oh. So my takeaway, and my friend agreed with this. Uh, we, were, we had three of us there. I, I think there's a lot of potential in this place. I can see people going in there. Maybe it's Gaga, somebody else, and just doing amazing, mind-blowing shows. For me, it was cool because I wanted to see Sphere and I wanted to see all the technology, and, and that was appreciated. But it didn't completely blow me away from the U2 experience. Now, again, I'm the outlier. Every I talked to Mike Kelly, who's over on the KMOX site. He's like, I'm going to go back again. Okay. My friend Pete Maniscalco, who runs a bunch of the movie screenings here in St. Louis, he wants to go back again. So I, I know that some people are super into this, and U2 is not my favorite band on the planet, but I've seen them a couple of times, and I've seen them in venues, including Bush Stadium here, which were much better. So I guess my advice for people is, before you pop all that money for you too, and believe me, it's not cheap, it's, um, I, I just feel here, let me offer another example, uh, because I think some of this is psychological, right? Mm. You know what else I did coming back from Las Vegas? Mm. I watched Barbie, finally. I had never seen Barbie, right? I still have And I was a movie guy, right, Fred? I did right, all this movie right. stuff, but I backed off in the last couple of years. That movie sucked so badly, I couldn't even believe it. <laughs> I, it wasn't funny at all. It was it was horrible. It got the most Golden Globe nominations. 18. That's ridiculous. Mm. That you know, just when the Golden Globes and the Hollywood Foreign Press are trying to make themselves, you know, something again after the debacle years ago, there's nothing funny about Barbie. It was an embarrassingly bad movie. And I like Greta Gerwig quite a bit, who directed it, and Noah Bombach, her partner, her husband, who, you know, they've done some interesting things to me. But I bring it up in comparison to that because Everyone thinks they're supposed to love Barbie. Barbie and Barbenheimer, all this money. I can't believe it made $1.3 billion because I'm telling you, for those people who haven't seen it yet, don't waste your time. Maybe it was different in a movie theater. Maybe if I was you know, younger, certainly I can see that demographics would play into it. But I, I, I love the cast, and I like what maybe they were trying to do, but it sucked ass. All right, so there you go. <laughs> but I bring it up because I think people are conditioned to think, oh, man, Sphere, you too, it's the greatest thing ever. It wasn't the greatest thing ever. I think that there are some, certainly some possibilities of the greatest thing ever happening at that venue in Vegas. But we'll talk about it a little bit more tomorrow night because, you know, there was a lot of buzz on it. Got to go to a Golden Knights game on Sunday night, and that went to a shootout, so that was kind yeah. of fun. I was shocked that... Craig Berube was fired, yeah. you know, late on Tuesday night. we got to cover that a little bit. So we got a lot to get to here, but I know that Congressman Jason Smith is going to call us in a matter of minutes. So we're going to get to that first tier on a Thursday edition of the Mark Reardon Show. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island 
Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We're going to work in a little bit more Christmas music since we are really, really close. I cannot believe it's like a week from, is it a week from Monday when Christmas is? Yeah. Oh my god. Are you gosh. ready, Sue? Uh, I sent out some Christmas cards today. I felt good about that. I think I need to rap. I need a, a lot of rapping time. Oh, that's what Auntie Kit is for, my wife's aunt, because I do not. We made that very clear. I do not rap. We have uh, Congressman Smith coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, I am. Ch- I can talk about this because my daughter's not listening right now. But my my wife is out of town for a little bit, and we do this. Um, if the kids are listening right now, Mom and Dad, maybe if they're young then you might want to turn the radio down. Let's just put it that way. This is an elf on the shelf topic. Did you ever do that when you were a kid? No, that yeah. was way after I was a kid. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't either, and I don't know if I really completely understand it. I have a friend. Um, you might remember her because her lovely, beautiful daughter, Scarlett, who's really good friends with my daughter, Mindy Carney is her name, and Scarlett is the one that met Wayno over the summer, remember? That's right. And then she ended yes. up going, they, they went to London for the games, and when they were there, Wayno had a moment with Scarlett and went a little viral, too, which Very was, cute. was cool. But Mindy has three children, and Fox has covered this a couple of years in a row. Maybe they did something this year. She goes, here, i just say this because she's a friend of mine. She's the daughter of a dear friend of mine, Kevin Yeager. She's out of her mind crazy because what she does with Elf on the Shelf, she had, like, zip lines. Oh, like three oh my elves gosh. zip lines from their upper level down to the fireplace. You, I could show you her Facebook page. It's insane how she has the time, and she is a working mom. She's not, you know, just uh, sitting at home. How she has the time and the energy to do this, but it's kind of magical for her kids. That's and the visuals awesome. are pretty cool. But I bring it up because... I got to be, well, not me. You know, I have to supervise. Well, certainly, you have to supervise. I have to supervise Elf on the Shelf. And, uh, you know, I can get a little confused since I haven't supervised Elf on the Shelf for the last couple weeks completely. I can get a little confused as far as where the Elf was left. Or, I'm sorry. Where the goes. Where Elf where Elfie went. Sure. And if he was, you know, where was he the week before? I yes. now understand what you're saying. Yes. Thank you, Sue. You so, could call her for advice. I'm doing my, well, this See morning. See what her elves are doing. This morning, I could. This morning, uh, Elfie was underneath, uh, I had happened to do some laundry yesterday. I had a couple of the, the bath rugs just kind of hanging on a banister to dry. And the elf magically made its way underneath the um, the little you know bath mat. Oh, interesting! And my daughter was amazed by that, and she said, "How did he do that? Look at his leg!" And I reached down to the bath mat, and she goes, "You touched him!" <laughs> I'm like, "I I, I didn't touch because if you touch Alfie, oh. holy smokes! Did you know about what I happens? I did not. What the, happened? The magic disappears. Apparently, the magic disappears. Holy Toledo! We have Congressman Jason Smith on the line with us this afternoon. We have Ann Wagner coming up in the next hour. It's congressional delegation from Missouri Day on the market. Show. How are you, Jason? Welcome back. Merry Christmas. Hey, doing great, Mark. It's good to be with you. Well, there seems to be a lot going on. I don't know if you're back in the district now, but there has been a lot going on this week, right? Are you back home yet? No, I'm still in D.C. I will be flying home tomorrow. I cannot wait to put my feet on the Missouri Hill. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Well, and, you know, I think Anna has been pointing this out, too, that you, you guys have been there for, I don't know, you get a lot of sympathy here, empathy from the audience, but there has been kind of a record stretch of uh, Congress being in session, right? It is. It has it actually been the, the longest streak since I have been um, in Congress. 
and you know, usually whenever you have the opportunity to be home, you get to travel your congressional district and and go visit schools and businesses and and speak to civic organizations. But when they keep you in Washington D.C., you can't go see all of your bosses. And I'll tell you, I'd rather be with people in southeast Missouri than a lot of these people yeah. who I serve with up I here. I don't blame you. All right, hey, Hunter Biden gave you a little shout out yesterday. James Comer, Jim Jordan, Jason Smith, and their colleagues have distorted the facts. You must be honored, Congressman, that Hunter Biden called you out by name yesterday. And he took the time to do a news conference on the steps of the Capitol, but he would not obey the uh, the order to testify yesterday, right? The subpoena. That's exactly right, Mark. Um, the way that he even called out my name there, that you just played, it sounds like he really doesn't like me. And I don't know why he wouldn't like me. But, um, you know, what Hunter Biden did yesterday, no other American would have ever done, Mark. He or had, had the ability a, to do. Yeah. Or had the ability to do. He was subpoenaed by Congress to come before before our committees and take depositions yesterday. And he went in front of the Capitol to give a press conference saying how he's not going to do it. That subpoena wasn't a suggestion. That subpoena is a legally binding order. Don, Donald Trump Jr. never did that. He went to Congress five different times, set for more than 20 hours. And guess what? They were all closed door. They were all closed door. If Don Jr. had to do that, why is it? that Hunter Biden does not have to do that. We need him to answer a lot of questions, and we are going to be bringing him in to make sure he answers yeah, these so questions. Yeah, so what is the next step on that? I mean, there's been a lot of discussion here in the last 24 hours. You had Peter Navarro and others that were, um, uh, Navarro was handcuffed because he did not obey an order to testify over January 6th. So what happens here? Well, you know, he can be held at contempt in Congress. That's exactly what happened to, like, Steve Bannon and others. And, you know, the Justice Department prosecuted Steve Bannon for being contempt in Congress. What we did yesterday by passing the official impeachment inquiry gives us 100 percent footing that we are in a true impeachment inquiry. And that requires this administration to stop stonewalling and actually stop preventing their witnesses from coming forward, um, which they've done on countless times. For example, there's two Department of Justice tax investigators that we've subpoenaed where the high ups at Justice Department said, no, you can't come talk to Congress today. Leslie Wolf is under deposition right here with my team, James, James Comer's team, Jim Jordan's team. Um, We're getting down to the bottom of it. And now we're we have uh, stronger, stronger powers to do that. Yeah. So explain. I know who Leslie Wolf is, but explain who Leslie Wolf is and how she's important to all of this investigation. Absolutely. You know, the two IRS whistleblowers that came before our committee highlighted numerous things. In fact, um, those IRS whistleblowers, um, when they came before before us back in May in their 15 hours of deposition, they told us of all these different tax crimes that Hunter Biden should be charged with. What he was charged with in Delaware last week is everything to the penny that the IRS whistleblower said that he should have been charged of like in early 2020-21. But unfortunately, the Justice Department continued to stop him. And the person in the Justice Department that continued to block those investigations 
was Leslie Wolf, the lady that's being under depositions today. In fact, there were several times that the IRS whistleblowers highlighted where investigations was leading to Joe Biden and Leslie Wolf prevented those investigations to lead to Joe Biden. In a normal investigation, they would have went to Joe Biden. But since it was Joe Biden, Leslie Wolf, according to the IRS whistle, whistleblowers, wouldn't allow it to happen. So are you able to and have you been able to get to the bottom of some of this with her questioning and, and her answers to see what the truth is here? You know, my team is in there. Um, I have not been briefed yet, um, Mark, because they're still doing the depositions. Okay. They've been in there since 930, I believe. And so um, I'm looking forward. But this is, Jason, this is a precursor often to, to more public testimony. So is the plan then to still call her before the committee so we can see that, the American people can see her answer these questions as well? What, what happens is we do the depositions. The depositions are, are released. Um, and usually they're called before the committee. Right now we are, we are trying to verify facts, verify statements, and see where they are aligned with the that we've been interviewing. Yeah, I got you. Let me play that. This was interesting. I was driving around this morning doing some errands and I heard Chad Pergram on Fox and, and he led into this bite from Chuck Schumer and I was I laughed out loud at this one and you'll probably understand why, but here's what it said. Democrats are watching. They believe impeachment is a stunt to help former President Trump and tarnish President Biden in an election year. So my, my point there is, well, I'll play you what Schumer said, but my point is to tarnish Joe Biden. How can you tarnish him more? But here's what Schumer said. House Republican impeachment inquiry is the definition of unserious. The House should be looking at the Senate right now for an example of how both sides can work together in a meaningful way to pass serious legislation to improve the lives of the American people. Then you have the New York Times. No surprise. They, they have a headline that says House approves Biden impeachment inquiry as GOP hunts for an offense. They act as if there's nothing here. Now, clearly, and Jason, I think you've been pretty, pretty clear on this from the start. There, there still lacks proof. But how do you find all the proof if you don't ask the questions and get people on the record? Yeah, we are absolutely not saying we are impeaching. We are in an impeachment inquiry looking at the facts. There's a lot of reason to believe that there's been some serious influence peddling in, in the Biden family. And, and we know, we know, according to the IRS whistleblowers, more than $24 million has come into the Biden family and has been shuffled through 20 plus different LLCs. And that money is ultimately, in some cases, came back to President Biden. They say that they're loans, but you know what? My responsibility is is to find out, well, give me the terms of these loans. Did, did President Biden get any interest income? Because the taxes that he made public, Mark, do not provide any interest income on any loans over the period of time. So did he just fail to report the interest income, or was this actually money that they were trying to sneak through the back door? There's a lot of things that we need to find out questions to before we move forward. Yeah. But one, one thing we do know, Mark, is that the president said when he was campaigning and while being president of the United States, he knew nothing about his son Hunter Biden's business dealings. The whistleblowers have proved that that is not true. Then when the whistleblower testimony came out, the White House changed their tune and said that the president was not involved in his son's, son's business dealings. Well, yesterday, Hunter now is saying something different, that the president is not financially yeah. involved in his president's dealings. If you recall last week, we released 
um, documentation from the IRS whistleblowers, new documentation showing that President Biden uh, sent 327 different emails from fake alias email accounts to Hunter Biden or his business associate, Eric Schwerin. Yeah, the, the language difference was, was certainly noticed yesterday. And then I guess the question becomes, and this is Jim Jordan, was there a cover-up? You got a politician who does certain things. Those actions benefit his family financially. And then there's an effort to conceal it. Yeah, I think the effort to cover it up and conceal it was, you know, the way David Weiss and Leslie Wolf handled this investigation. But if you really go back to the start, it's, it's Hunter Biden's involvement with Burisma. Do you have then confidence that the answers that will be provided today, and I don't know who else is going to testify in the near term here, but Leslie Wolf seems to be a key figure in all of this to get to the bottom of what happened. Would you agree with that? I definitely believe that that her depositions today uh, will be very helpful. However, there's a long list of individuals that that we need to have answer questions. And there's a lot of documents that we've requested. I need to see additional tax records um, because not all the tax records were made public um, as the president tried to claim. And there's some stuff we need to look at. So um, we're going to be we're going to be pretty busy. We're going to follow the facts. We're going to see where it leads. But there, there's a lot of stuff. Like if, if all of the stuff is painting out the way that these IRS whistleblowers have claimed, probably Joe Biden will go down as the most corrupt and compromised president in history. It is quite alarming what the IRS whistleblowers have highlighted. I think it is, too. And you know that we've been on that from the very beginning. And again, these are guys that had no political axe to grind. They were, uh, you know, long-term people at the IRS, and they, they didn't like the funny business that they were seeing. It is still, and I guess I should be used to this, Congressman, but it is still amazing to me that there's seemingly, by the New York Times and other legacy media, no indication that any of this is serious. I mean, you, you, can, you can kind of dance around the edges and say, okay, well, what really happened here? But to ignore the fact that these allegations are completely legitimate and serious is, is reckless journalistic malpractice, which I guess we're used to right now. If you look at the 50-plus page indictment last week, word for word is virtually what the IRS whistleblowers had claimed on numerous accounts. They've been confirmed. Like, they've been confirmed. And the statements that they have now said about how the obstruction of the investigation leading to President Biden by the Justice Department, that's what we need to verify. That's what we need to verify. Everything else that they've said has been verified. Congressman Jason Smith, let me ask you one more question. I know you were close with uh, with Kevin McCarthy, the former speaker. He's leaving the uh, the House after this year. I loved every single day. Less than 13,000 people have ever been given the privilege or the honor to serve in this body. To those colleagues on the other side of the aisle, I thank you for the work you've done. We may disagree at times, but one thing I think we must quite understand And if there's advice I can give, do not be fearful if you believe your philosophy brings people more freedom. Do not be fearful that you could lose your job over it. Any comments on uh, his departure? To me, it wasn't a big surprise. Obviously, a very short tenure for Kevin McCarthy. It wasn't too long ago we were talking about multiple votes for him being elected to speakership. It, it, you know, it's not a surprise that he's leaving um, after what happened to him on October um, in October being 
being vacated from the office. But, you know, what I would what I would just remind all the listeners is is that he single handedly recruited the candidates and raised the majority of the money to fire Speaker Pelosi. We wouldn't even be able to look into this oversight of Hunter Biden if it wasn't for the hard work and dedication of Kevin McCarthy. So it was a big loss, but I don't blame him for moving on. Um, But um, he definitely needs to be credit for us winning yeah, the house. I'm glad you got that in there because that, I, I made that point when, when all this went down with Mike Johnson. And one of my concerns is Mike Johnson really doesn't have that fundraising experience. And hopefully he's going to be able to get that. Congressman, have a great Christmas. Thanks for all the hard work. And we'll talk after the first of the year. You bet. Merry Christmas, Mark. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need to change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Well, back after a few days off, and we do have a roundtable tomorrow. Jane Duker on the panel, Donna Berenger, Greg Keller. We'll have Kusumano on sports, Paul Hall on entertainment. We have Bob Costas on the show tomorrow night. We're uh, highlighting the Tree of Hope campaign at SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. Joey Vitale is going to be on tonight from the Blues, and I'm very curious. Uh, I mentioned I went to the Golden Knights game when I was in Vegas, and then the Blues had played the Knights the week before, and the Blues beat them one time, and then the second night, I think it was last Wednesday, lost badly, and they've just been on this streak where they've you know lost to bad teams, yeah. and they fire Chief, and that was, I think, a little— It was a shock. It was a little bit of a shock, so we'll talk with Joey about that, but he's got some great connections, of course, with SSM Health, Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. Um, we're going to talk about guns here, and there was a 
a study that was done by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and I have some connections because I spent about 10 years up in Milwaukee. John Diedrich is with us this afternoon who led this um, this particular study. And I was interested because, you know, I love my peeps at HotAir.com, Jazz Shaw and David Strom and the like. And Hot Air featured this study, and I've seen some conservative praise because it's a very broad study and it's not necessarily anti-gun. They just go into a lot of different situations and ask some questions and you know we get into the issue of gun deaths where violence is related and where suicide is related and that's kind of where this study goes john diedrich is with us this afternoon from the milwaukee journal central john how are you welcome to 97.1 fm talk in st louis i'm doing well mark uh, how are you doing i'm doing okay now we should mention that even though you're you're typically in milwaukee you're are you in europe right now is that what i understand that's right that's right i'm in spain right now our son is graduating from college uh, this week so Actually, from uh, from St. Louis University, which has a campus here in Madrid. Nice. Well, I was just in Madrid about eight months ago, and I had a great time with a bunch of listeners in Spain. So have an awesome time in Spain while you're there, and congratulations on the graduation. Tell me, uh, tell me about this study, because you looked at a lot here, and it's a very, very detailed study. I know there was a team of reporters here. Maybe start with what, what was the goal here? Was there a, a specific mission? Yeah, so, um, and thanks for having me on. So I did this project through um, a fellowship at Marquette University called the O'Brien Fellowship. This allows reporters to really step out of the newsroom and really focus on something in depth. And what we wanted to do was really look at Wisconsin. That was our study area and really help understand first for ourselves and then for our readers, how gun deaths affect different counties. A lot of the headlines for us in Wisconsin revolve around Milwaukee and um homicide and also accidental deaths or negligent deaths, police-involved shootings. And sure. there's good reasons for that. Um, but, but what really gets missed is suicide. And so what we started to do was collect data for every county in the state. My students uh, at Marquette, I had two students that, that worked with me on this, uh, uh, and they and I reached out to every uh, coroner and medical examiner in the state in an effort to get data so people from every county um, could see how uh, gun deaths affect them. One of the things that I've mentioned over the year when I, you know, I've talked about gun deaths a lot, and St. Louis, unfortunately, has a lot in common, I think, with Milwaukee and other urban areas. But if you look at the numbers, and I'll use some raw numbers right now, and you can tell me how off I am. I, I remember 32, 33,000 gun deaths a year, but half of those really always kind of have been suicides. And I'm numbering, my, my numbers probably are off. That might be higher than it is. But one of the things you did find out is we hear about all of the deaths in the news. You have violent uh, gun battles, things like that. But really, you're finding that a lot of these gun deaths happen in rural areas with uh, older men in particular because of suicides. And, and obviously the access to guns plays into that, John. It, it does. And um, in, here in Wisconsin, out of 100 gun deaths, 71 are suicide, uh, 25% are homicide, 2% uh, are gun and uh, police involved, and one is uh, accidental. So, um, yeah, so I think that, that that right there is a surprising number to some people nationally. It, it, that, that number moves around a little bit closer to half, and, and some states that are very, very around a bit. Um, but, yeah, that and, and here, in, again, the, the narrative, and I don't want to discount uh, homicide. Those are important, and there are different um, factors behind them, you know, and so it's really important for us to, to not say, hey, they're all the same because a suicide, homicide, accident, these are different. Um, however, it is important. And we also wanted to come into this in a way that would I would use the phrase like invitational 
uh, and it's a, it's kind of a word that gets used a lot now maybe, but I guess we really wanted to go into this with an idea that we wanted to explore this. And we really understood when we got into this, that it, it but where the heart of this project is, is with gun owners themselves. And, and I was able to talk to a lot of gun owners and focus in on efforts that have been going on, um, not only to um, step into this issue of suicide, um, but also some stories of hope and resilience, which, you know, we often don't get around gun deaths um, because of the outcomes. And again, not to diminish what has happened, but we really tried to focus in on some efforts some grassroots efforts that have been happening to really get in front of this. And you're right, the, the numbers, um, you know, disproportionately in terms of numbers are uh, white males over the age of 50 in our state. Uh, that's the, you know, that's the biggest, uh, that's the biggest category in, in, in terms of the suicide piece. But when you adjust the, the gun death rate, Milwaukee is not number one when you add in suicides and you adjust for population. And that right there was a real surprise to people that really Milwaukee's still in the top 10. Yeah. But yeah. it just has such an outsized role in, in the discussion. So obviously a big component here is mental health. I, I've been one that's been very, um, I would say, honest in, in recent years about a crisis that I had about 10 years ago with anxiety and depression, because I think it's a message that people need to, to hear it. And I also know, and I'm very aware that when people get into crisis, it's difficult to find resources. I do remember 60 minutes of this story. Gosh, I don't even know if it was maybe two years ago now about a pop-up clinic that was in Milwaukee when it came to youth, you know, kids in, in seeking mental health. But what would you say and what did you discover here in this reporting when it comes to mental health access? I think, unfortunately, there's not nearly enough of it. There isn't. And, uh, you know, when you get into rural parts of the state, it's even more so. Um, so that's a big problem um, in terms of the waiting list and so forth to get in. There's also a reluctance among um, some gun owners to go and seek mental health. And that's not everybody, uh, but that is a theme that came through. And there's some efforts to to address that among that population. I, it's also really important, I think, here to, to stress that people who are gun owners are not more prone um, to mental illness or to crises and so forth um, at any higher rate. However, because of the access to lethal means, um, and that's, you know, that's a really uh, in, important piece uh, to, you know, to acknowledge here that, that um, when, when there is a uh, attempt with a firearm, more than nine, nine out of 10 times, uh, there is a death. Um, that is not true with other means, but the presence of lethal means um, means that when somebody does come into a mental health challenge or uh, a crisis, a child, a loved one dies, divorce, uh, things like that, there is a moment where uh, intervention or separation from lethal means can really make yeah, a huge difference. I believe we're that. Talking about even just minutes. Yeah, just yeah. minutes. John Diedrich is here. He's with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We're talking about a gun study called Behind the Gun. Now, just to, uh, we can't go into all this. It's very detailed, as I mentioned at the beginning, but some random things that you discovered, for example, I think are interesting. Most, uh, maybe encouraging too, most gun owners say that they keep those guns locked up. You found that women are, uh, and this maybe doesn't come as a surprise, especially coming out of the pandemic and some of the news from the past few years, but women and, and their ownership of guns is growing. Anything else interesting that kind of popped out of this that's maybe a little bit more along the lines of random, John? Well, it's interesting. You mentioned the storage piece. Um, the, also, the defensive gun use is discussed a lot. And um, and again, we did a, a poll, which you're referring to as a poll that we did, an extensive poll in Wisconsin. And, you know, so at, at that rate, we were we found that uh, uh, somewhere in the, the range 
And again, we're talking about more than a million gun owners, and we, we polled 350 people. So we have to be careful to say this is not representative of a million people, but it's, it's the most in-depth thing that has been done. One of the things that we found was that defensive gun use among our group was around 11 12 percent. That's, and that's all kinds of defensive gun use. That could be announcing you have a gun or, uh, to, you know, to drawing, and, and uh, you know, seven out of, of that group had discharged a firearm. So those numbers um, are, I think, interesting to people and kind of debated. We just sort of put them out there not to say, hey, that's high, that's low, uh, but, but that was out there. The other thing that was interesting is the, um, the number of people who have concealed carry permits is just sort of at one level. But I guess I was a little bit surprised that um, – uh, a majority of people do not carry concealed regularly who have permits um, in our poll. And that, that bore out with uh, a number of the uh, interviews that I did with people who said, you know, I, I wanted the permit it, it, for the reasons why occasionally I might want to have it, uh, but I don't carry regularly. And I think the assumption might be that the number of permits equals the number of like daily carriers of, of concealed. Yeah, uh, no, and, that's and that match up. Yeah, I, I would assume that it doesn't. That's a good point to be made. Well, listen, I, f- I found it interesting. I saw some, you know, <laughs> this may make you uncomfortable. I saw some conservative praise in uh, for this study saying <laughs> it was pretty open minded and, uh, you know, thorough. So I wanted to get you on, especially since I had some connections there in Wisconsin from being up there for so long. And I appreciate you taking time on uh, what is a personal trip in Spain there for your son's graduation. But thank you so much. Would you like to weigh in after the loss, uh, unfortunately, over the weekend on the Packers' playoff chances moving forward? Because now I'm not feeling as confident as I was a week ago, John. I, I, I don't I don't think so. But, you know, the Packers, uh, if they make it in, it's going to be by the skin of their teeth, which is the way they won the Super Bowl last time. I'm not saying, but, you know, like maybe that's what they need. But, no, it was uh, it was not pretty. I like the young uh, the young team, though. I think I'm, I'm, I'm more confident than I was certainly at the beginning of the season for hope in the future. But, John, thank you so much. Enjoy the time in Madrid. And uh, we'll uh, we'll you know, I think this is not on the paywall. Right. If you go to JSOnline.com, you can yeah, read this. Free. Right. Yep, it's free and it's it's picking up, you know, interest in different places. You mentioned uh, some. I talked with uh, uh, Cam Edwards from Barry News the other day, uh, Barry Namjanin, and uh, you know, and others as well. That so we we have some some different folks who are weighing in, and and it's I I, I do think that there's more. Um, uh, we're hearing from different people than we sometimes do in this, and it's been encouraging. The comments have been really encouraging, and and even some some um, cases where individuals have said they've heard from people who were considering taking their life and uh, following the story and they reached out and, and a different, a positive outcome happened. So that's super encouraging. JSonline.com. If you want to check that out, John Diedrich, thanks again. I really appreciate the time, John. Thanks, Mark. Really appreciate it. Thank you. We had an international presence there. How about from that? Madrid. I'm glad that he made time for me. So I, I really appreciate that. And the study is interesting. It's very, very detailed. And I'm glad that they made it, you know, where you, you don't have to, to pay for it because that kind of gets annoying when you steer people into stories and things like that. And then you meet the paywall. We're going to break for this hour. We're going to come back. I, for one, are, I'm really deprived of Sue's news because I haven't had it <laughs> in a week, Sue Thomas. So I'm looking forward to that. We also have Congressman Jason Smith. No, we don't. We have Congresswoman Ann Wagner. Jason was on earlier. Brain cramps. This is what happens Been when there. you're not on the air for about a week. Bill O'Reilly this afternoon. My friend John Ziegler from the Death of Journalism podcast and Joy Vitale from the Blues. All coming up plus an audio cut of the day. Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. 
but with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.